I'm on right now. I don't believe you. That's not six. One plus two plus two plus one. You really are crazy. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Me? No, come on. Don't be crazy. This is the Don't Be Crazy Movie Podcast, a show for film fans of all shapes, all sizes, all backgrounds, and all tastes. And on this show, I enlist the help from fellow film enthusiasts to discuss what makes certain movies good or bad. We are by no means experts, instead, just big-time cinema fans who love to talk our butts off. I'm your host, Zach Rancourt, and I have the pleasure of introducing two fine gentlemen from the Top 5 Podcast. With me today are Tom Lockhart and Eric Shane. Guys, how are we? How, how are we doing this wonderful morning? No, we're doing wonderful, man. Hey, thanks for having us, and We're excited to yeah. be here. Yeah, it's a, it's a crossover event. It's like, it um, I don't know, on TV shows when Seinfeld crossed over with Modern <laughs> Family. That didn't happen, but no, you know what I mean. No, but that would have been funny. <laughs> when Family Guy crossed over with The Simpsons. That was kind of yes. cool, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Family or or our uh, King of the Hill, I think, crossed over with Family Guy once. That was pretty good. Yeah, they were yeah. in The Simpsons too. Very. Briefly. Oh yeah, yeah. I think they crossed over with all of them just briefly. Yeah. King I, of Hill's. I funny. mean, you could have went with the easy one, which is like the Arrowverse. I mean, that's like oh. ten yeah, shows that's, crossing that's... over. I've never watched any of them, but I don't. Uh, I don't. I, I don't do. I don't do the Arrowverse. Yeah, we don't. We don't, so. we don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Well, I'll let you guys introduce yourself to my my DBC listeners who don't know you. Um, we'll start with Eric. Who are you? Where you're from? What's your background? And when did you get into film? Uh, my name's Eric. I have been a fan of film, well, my whole life, just like everybody else. Um, as for analyzing film, I really got into it right about the time I got into analyzing story. Uh, I'm an English major. Uh, when I went to college, I was an English major, and part of that is because I love storytelling. I love everything about it. I love it in film. I love it in TV. I love it in books. I love it in short stories. I love I love the nitty-gritty nuts-and-bolts elements of telling a story. Um, as for where I'm from... I've known Mr. Zach Rancor here for what, 15 years now, I think. Something 15, like that. And Tom and I went to school together, so we've known each other for like 25, 30 mm-hmm. almost, I think. We played football together, so that's that's where I'm from. That's where, and that is my pretty much my whole relevant background to talking about our movie today. Cool, Tom. Uh, I am Tom. That's me. Uh, and I would say that I am a movie buff that doesn't know a lot about like why movies are good. <laughs> I just know in my heart and my soul why I like a movie. Like I, I don't know any of the technical stuff, but I'll love any movie that brings me joy, whether it's the dumbest movie in the world or something really highbrow, like, I don't know, Grown Ups. You know, it's one thing about good. you I respect, Tom, is you, you <laughs> love your dumb, dumb movies and you will defend them to the death that is a hill you will die on forever. And I appreciate forever. that about you. Like, welcome to Frogtown. Oh, hell comes to Frogtown. That's what Come it's on, called. get yeah. it right. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking of the prequel starring Row- Rowdy Roddy Piper and that's it. So <laughs> Just him in a room oh, with a frog. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what are all those frogs doing here? well we aren't going to talk about those movies but i really appreciate you guys on the show uh we do a a podcast called the top five podcast together and we chit chat about random top five lists it's great we are we posted a very fun and festive halloween one and it will be out at the time of this recording it is top five halloween candies you'll never guess what number three is that's clickbait (gasps) for you that's audio clickbait 
Um, but today I'm very excited because we are going to talk about uh, this is the final uh, week of Spooktober. Um, Halloween is on Monday. And as tradition with the DBC podcast, we like to do horror films in October. So we are going to focus on Child's Play from 1988. Uh, if you don't know what Child's Play is, you definitely know Chucky. That's what I used to call it when I was a kid. I said, I don't want to watch Chucky. I was an idiot because uh, I wasn't a smart kid, but it's called Child's Play. Directed by Tom Holland. You might know him from the movie Thinner, which scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. I didn't like when they lost a lot of weight. Uh, Fatal Beauty and Fright Night, which also is very good. It was written by Don Mancini. The story was uh, the screenplay was penned by John LaFia and Tom Holland also worked on the screenplay. So this movie stars Catherine Hicks. Uh, you might know her from Seventh Heaven. Chris Sarandon, Alex Vincent, Brad Dorif, or as we like to call him, Grima Wormtongue. Dina Manoff, Tommy Swerdlow, and Jack Colvin. Critical reception. It is a 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Pretty good. That's a D plus D solid D. Uh, 71% on Rotten Tomatoes for the tomato meter. So the critics really liked it for the most part. 64% audience score, which is rare because usually yeah. audiences are higher. You know yeah, what I mean? that's, that's those are surprising scores, actually. Yeah. 6.6 6 on a curve because nothing gets a 10. So on a curve, it's actually pretty good. That's actually that's actually more like a C or a B minus. But 71 on a tomato meter, that's uh, that's that's surprising for me considering the genre. But a lower audience score than score than the tomato meter. Yeah, that you don't you don't see that very often. No, it's it's really weird. So hmm. who do those what do those audience members know? They're not. I guess we'll, we'll talk about that. I think we'll probably get to the root of that in this conversation. Yeah. Uh, so I watched it on Plex, but it is streaming on AMC Plus. If you have AMC Plus now, all the Child's Play movies, because there's like six or seven sequels, they're all available on Peacock. However, big asterisk, Child's Play 1988, this original is not available on Peacock. And the reason behind that is because it is an MGM film. The other ones are all universal. So they're available on Peacock because NBC Universal owned by Xfinity. Uh, the MGM one is owned by Paramount. You'd think it'd be on Paramount Plus, but it's not. And Paramount Plus <laughs> is a terrible streaming service. So we will see what will happen with MGM soon enough. But uh, it is a bummer when you're trying to watch all the Child's Play movies and you don't have the first one. Um, the budget for this film was $9 million estimated, and that's $1988. So that's like probably 18 million now, uh, grossed in us and Canada, 33 million. It's opening weekend, which was on November 13th, 1988, which is almost a year ago. Uh, I'm sorry, a year ago, which was almost, uh, <laughs> 34 years ago. Okay, it, it grossed uh, 6.5 million. It's opening weekend. And then worldwide, it grossed 440 or I'm sorry, $44.2 million. I need more coffee. Apparently. Yeah. Jeez. Here are some fun trivia facts for this movie too. So the original working title of the film was batteries not included before it became known. Steven Spielberg was also a, was also making a film with the same title. It was then changed to Blue blood buddy before settling on child's play could you imagine the movie being called blood buddy blood buddy is a little strong that's like a rob if yeah. rob zombie made this movie it would be that's blood buddy yeah that's coming in a little hard fun yeah. fact batteries not included was one of my favorite movies when i was a child wasn't it like the, uh, the... the actual one <laughs> What was it about? Was it like aliens or something? Yeah, they're like little alien like spaceship things. And like there's uh, 
a block that's trying to like protect them and there's going to be a construction crew going to come in and knock down their apartments or something. I don't remember. I haven't seen it in a long time. I just know I loved it as a child. <laughs> Crazy. The film used various ways to portray Chucky, including RC animatronics and little people or child actors. Various anim- animatronics and cosmetics were used for every scene throughout the movie. Chucky's cosmetics transitioned from looking toy-like to a more human-like. Uh, the film created multiple Chucky animatronics, such as a flailing tantrum Chucky, a walking Chucky, and a stationary Chucky. The animatronic's face was controlled by a remote control through a rig that goes on one's face and captures facial movements. Uh, I definitely noticed that when they had a little person dressed as Chucky, when he like kicks over the, the iron gate for the fireplace, and I'm like, this is really weird. <laughs> It, it would be jarring because it would like change between the type of animatronic, like between just moving to a different angle and then he'd just be like a little person and then it'd go to another one and be a doll. It's like his size is changing back and oh, forth a lot. Yeah, I was like, he's really <laughs> tall now. Oh, now he's tiny. It was. Yeah, it was. They did what they could. They tried. Yeah. So original writer Don Mancini stated in an interview that his original script toyed with the audience a bit longer, making them wonder if young Andy was the killer rather than Chucky. This idea was used in a film in the 1990s. I like it. Finally, Chucky, the notoriously iconic talking killer doll, isn't actually shown speaking anything until approximately 45 minutes into the film, just about half of the movie's runtime. And that is excellent. But that's the whole fear factor of it. So I will read a spoiler-filled synopsis. If you have not seen Child's Play 1988, uh, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, but that is fine. If you would like to hear this, listen. If not, skip ahead maybe three minutes. Detective Mike Norris chases fugitive serial killer Charles Lee Ray through the streets of Chicago and into a toy store. After being shot by Norris, a dying Ray performs a voodoo chant to transfer his soul to one of the good guy brand talking dolls on display. The store is struck by lightning and explodes, and Norris's Norris finds Ray's lifeless body in the rubble next to the doll. Widow Karen Barclay's, I think it's Barkley. Uh, Widow Karen Barkley's six-year-old son, Andy, desperately wants a good guy doll for his birthday, but she cannot afford one. Soon after, she learns that a homeless man outside of her workplace has gotten a hold of a good guy doll and is trying to sell it. She buys it and gives it to Andy. The doll appears normal and refers to itself as Chucky. That night, Karen's best friend Maggie watches over Andy while Karen works late. After Andy's bedtime, Maggie finds Chucky sitting in front of a television turned to the late night newscast about Ray's death. She is then attacked by Chucky being hit in the head with a hammer and falling out the window to her death. Police search the apartment and Norris considers Andy a suspect despite Karen's protests. Andy claims that Chucky killed Maggie and says that Chucky told him that his real name was Charles Lee Ray. The next morning, Chucky orders Andy to skip school and take a train downtown. While Andy is distracted, Chucky sneaks into the home of his former accomplice, Eddie Caputo, and kills him by causing a gas explosion. Andy is again considered a suspect and is admitted to a psychiatric hospital after claiming Chucky is the culprit. Karen returns home with Chucky and discovers batteries in the doll's box. The doll has been moving and speaking without them. Dun, dun, dun. Frightened, Karen lights her fireplace and threatens to burn Chucky, who violently comes alive in her arms and attacks her before escaping. Karen goes to the police and explains what happened. Norris doesn't believe her. Karen finds the man who sold her the doll and asks for more information. The man tries to assault her, but Norris arrives and stops him. Norris forces the man to admit that he took the doll from the torch toy store. Karen again tries to convince Mike that the doll is alive, but he refuses to believe her, insisting that he killed Ray. After bringing Karen home, Norris is attacked by Chucky, and in the ensuing fight, he shoots the doll, whose wound inexplicably bleeds and causes pain. Chucky escapes to his former voodoo instructor, John, who informs him that the longer the soul remains in the doll, the more human the doll will become. 
Chucky demands that John help him reverse the spell, but he refuses. Chucky tortures John with the voodoo doll, forcing him to reveal that in order to escape the doll's body, Chucky must transfer his soul to the first human he revealed his true identity to, which would be Andy. Chucky stabs the voodoo doll in the chest, mortally wounding John, and escapes. Karen and Norris arrive shortly after. Before dying, John tells them to kill Chucky. Oh, John tells them that to kill Chucky, they must, must strike at his heart. Chucky arrives at the psychiatric hospital where Andy is being held and kills a doctor with a, an electroshock therapy device. In the chaos, Andy escapes and flees home, but Chucky follows closely behind and knocks him out, which is pretty funny. As Chucky prepares to possess him with a voodoo chant, Karen and Norris arrive. Chucky wounds Norris. Karen and Andy manage to trap Chucky in the fireplace and light him on fire, appearing to kill him, although he does escape from the fireplace. Karen and Andy leave the room to help Norris, but a charred Chucky rises and chases Andy. Karen shoots Chucky repeatedly, blowing him to pieces. Norris's partner Jack arrives at the apartment, initially refusing to believe the three story about the doll being alive. Chucky's body suddenly bursts through a vent to strangle Jack. Karen manages to tear Chucky off Jack, and Norris shoots Chucky's body through the heart, finally killing him. Jack says that nobody will believe them before leaving the room with Norris, Karen, and Andy. As Andy leaves, he turns back to look at Chucky's remains. That is child's play, and that was a lot. So, gentlemen, let's jump right into this. So, I'll just tell you right now, I actually don't think Chucky himself is scary. I never really thought he was scary growing up, even watching this, even looking on the box. I'm like, eh, whatever. Um, you know, in fact, I if that doll was ever real and was ever near me, I would fuck that doll up. I would kick it so hard. If it was running at me with a knife, I would just get a golf club or a baseball bat or just, you know, hold a stick or something so he couldn't reach me because he's got little T-Rex arms. Mm -hmm. He's not going to touch me. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. Like, he is scary to some people. But what are your thoughts on this? Why my, does or why doesn't he scare you guys? And my then, thoughts, first of all, right, out, right off the jump, you're wrong. Yes, I'm wrong. That, that doll would kill you. First of all, no. Chucky is creepy as hell. He scared the shit out of me as a kid. I was terrified of him. People are afraid of dolls. Like I've been one of the reasons my voice is a little bit, a little bit huskier today is because I was working at Stalker Farms last night, my last night at the haunt in the slasher haunt. They do have sort of like baby doll masks that are like nailed to the wall and shit. Gross. It's super creepy. People are creeped out by like, by that look, that blank, look of a baby doll some some people are super creeped out about it but when put in creepy suggestions they are very creeped out about it so the reason i'm saying that doll would kill you and not you wouldn't fuck it up mr tough guy is because <laughs> karen showed you why when when her little boy is locked up and she's freaking out and he is insisting that the doll is alive okay mm -hmm. she is holding this doll and she realizes that doesn't have batteries in it right it was moving and doing that hi i'm chucky but it didn't have batteries in it so now she's freaked she already wanted to believe her son of course she did she's she's a mom her son's in this trouble she wants to believe her son even though what he's saying is impossible right it's that magical realism so she goes to Chucky and she says, talk, you bastard. Even then, she knows there's got to be some sort of glitch. There's got to be some kind of a glitch. Talk, you bastard. I'm going to throw you in the fire. And then when he comes alive, she is shocked. She's shocked. And in that shock, in that moment, that's where a predator gets you. That's where a predator gets you because you're not ready for the monster. We talked about this in the last podcast of our top five podcast. Top five monsters. Definitely go give that a listen, everybody. <laughs> 
you're not ready for a monster. A monster is something you are not prepared for. You're not, you, you tell yourself they're not real. You even, she couldn't believe it was real until it was alive in her hands and you would be the same way. So I think in the initial shock of recognizing Chucky, Zach, you'd be a dead man. But given that <laughs> if you were to survive that initial encounter, yes, you're strong. Yeah. But Hey, that big, strong cop guy. I mean, he almost got killed, right? He wasn't very strong. He's a wimp. well. I mean, he <laughs> Chucky well, had the for, advantage. He got behind him. Didn't know he was there. He did predator stuff, right? Okay. Well, first of all, no to all that. <laughs> okay. okay. So, just starting off, what would you say an average like six year old kid weighs? Like sixty pounds? Sure. I don't know. Sure, I, don't weigh, I don't weigh kids. But yeah. So, so a doll that's about a half a size. That's like a thirty pound doll. I, I'm not going to be killed by a thirty pound doll. That's like a thirty. T- Pound child coming at me. I you will if you shove a, child. a six inch knife in your chest. It's true. How's he get? He's not going to get to my chest. He's at my knees. <laughs> I'm saying there was a 90 minute documentary on how that could happen, and we watched oh. it. And we're talking about it. <laughs> oh, but no. And just like you, Zach, I was not afraid of Chucky when I was a kid. I was like, screw this. In fact, any inanimate objects I have not been scared of as a kid. Like those are no big deal. Inanimate objects get me. They do. They really do get me. Child's doll, yeah, that that gets me quite a bit. Um, there was another movie. God, what was it? Um, was it Little Soldier or what was it? Um, Toys, small Soldiers. Small Soldiers. That's the one. Yeah. That that was actually creepy, but it was fun. That was that was like a fun movie that wasn't super creepy. Toy Story though doesn't creep me out because that's like animated. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's I don't know. Maybe there's this sort of that block there, but. Chucky scared the hell out of me when I was a little kid. That that freaked me out, man. I did that movie uh, and the sequels. They they screwed me up, and they they worked on a lot of people. Obviously, that's why they got a whole franchise out of the deal. That's so, true. <laughs> I I mean, so I I get what you're saying, Eric. And it's I mean, anything can overpower you if it sneaks up behind you or cuts your Achilles or does whatever, right? Like, and and Chucky has an advantage being small because he can hide under things and h- right. hide under beds. Like when Norris is in the apartment at the end, and he's using his gun to go find Chucky. I was the entire time thinking like, why don't you guys just barricade the living room, chill there and then let him come to you. Cause he obviously, you know, he doesn't have time on his side and you do. And if you cover all the entrances and you flip a couch upside down, so that way he can't hide under the couch or under a bed, you're winning. It's a reminder. It's a reminder that you're sitting on your couch and they're in the scene. They're in the moment. They're 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 panicking. This doll is alive. It's hunting them. They finally realize that yes, in fact, they are being hunted by this evil doll. And they're 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 not necessarily thinking of the same thing as your Monday morning quarterbacking this thing. They're not necessarily That's thinking the true. same thing as you. So, well, uh, and, and as for a cop, he's walking down the hall with a gun. That's what a cop does in every scene ever, right? <laughs> when a cop is like going after the bad guy, that's what you do. So that's what the audience expects. And that's what Mike, that's what he, Mike is thinking. And that's what you do. You're right. Obviously, tactically, you got to change up because you're going after a different enemy. Right. But maybe he's not as clever as you. I mean, I would just be looking for like a fishing net or like a, a big uh, tote bin or something. I could just trap him in <laughs> like a, like you're trapping a spider <laughs> or a bug or something. I'd also um, say, well, they did that. Remember, they caught him in the fireplace and that's yeah. how they got him lit up in the first place. Is they eventually once the initial shock was over, they were able to overpower him. Like Tom said, like you said, yeah. <laughs> throw him in the fireplace, put the grate up and then light that sucker. Um, and maybe that should have been the end of it right there. But uh, I, I think it goes more to what you what you're speaking of there. There. 
that you can think of these different tactics and it gives us something to argue about on shows like this and in, you know, in, in, in around the water cooler and on Reddit and things like that. Maybe they, uh, maybe they just think of that when they're writing these scenes, ah, let them argue, let them fight, screw it. That's what fa- movie fans do. They argue about dumb stuff. Well, and I think that's, it's important to remember that in horror movies, you know, there are rules, but there are still unwritten rules and you have to suspend disbelief. I mean, this is obviously a supernatural movie. It's 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 not realistic. And so you you don't need the exact well, okay, he's this he's tiny, he's 30 pounds, how is he yeah. gonna overpower me? I mean, let's just assume for a fact that a grown man, a hundred and sixty pound man took over a ten pound doll's body, um, or however much he may weigh, he's transferring that strength into that it's like an ant right you know how the, mm-hmm. the ants can lift like what six times their weight or something stupid right. like that don't quote right. me but it's it's kind of the same mentality and that's how i think of chucky and in that sense that could scare me because it's a lot of power packed into that but what i mean is more i do think practically like where i live you know i have a baseball bat by my door and mm-hmm. and i've seen enough horror movies to know uh, if you hear certain sounds or you see a dark hallway i'm not gonna go down these stairs to try to discover it. i'm gonna go yeah right. i'm good i'm good man <laughs> i got two um, things on that two yeah. things on that first of all do you know the commercial i think it's the geico commercial of people in horror movies do stupid things yes yeah. the chainsaws <laughs> they're like let's hide in this barn we had all these we, chainsaws why can't we just go into the moving running car yeah are you crazy let's it's, hide behind the chainsaws that's yeah perfect. that's smart yeah <laughs> it, it encapsulates everything i think of in horror films i'm like what are you doing Real, one of the best commercials ever but i th- i'm glad that you brought up the importance of the audience suspending their disbelief i've had as i mentioned i worked in that haunt uh, during october and there are some people at, at the end who will write reviews like well you know it's not that scary and all that and i'm like okay here's part of the thing as the audience you are a participant in the story you are one of the victims in the story in a horror film and going to a haunt you are a willing victim you are part of the deal of course, you suspend your disbelief. They're not really hacking off people's limbs with chainsaws in there. At some point, someone would call the cops. You know that, <laughs> right? It's about suspending your disbelief so you can have some fun. That's all. Immerse yourself and have some fun in the moment. Now, in the horror movie, you know, when you're when you talk about, well, the Chucky wouldn't really. Yeah, okay. Like, suspend your disbelief a little bit. In this case, you're saying you, you guys have a logical, genuine point. This dude's like 35 pounds. Like, you know, you know, if a 35 pound mad dog was coming after you, he'd probably do some damage. But eventually you're just bigger than and stronger. You're going to overpower him or get the hell out of the way or change your tactics up and you'll be able to beat him. So I, I understand why he wasn't super scary to you guys. I get I get that for sure. Yeah. Do you guys have any horror movie icons that you that you're uh, definitely scared of or maybe you're not scared of? I'm not afraid that of Michael I'm... Myers. Uh-huh. You're not afraid of Michael Myers? Nope. Wow. Who hurt you, Eric? Who hurt you? <laughs> uh, I'm not a, I'm not uh, afraid of uh, gremlins. Never been scared of those guys. I don't like gremlins. They're gross. <laughs> and I, yeah, I, I don't like them, especially when they, when the mom microwaves that one in the first movie. Oh God, they're <laughs> sick. They're scary. Y'all are, y'all are some menly men there. <laughs> now, uh, Michael Myers doesn't frighten me because for me, it's it's not the super strength, it's quickness. Things that kind of just jump at you and brrr, skitter at you, those are terrifying. Mike is like, he, he's really deliberate, you know, with his movements. And that's also intimidating. It's really intimidating. He's basically unkillable, but he's not unkillable. You put enough into him, eventually he's going to die. You could like, I don't want to give away spoilers or anything. 
<laughs> you know, but when you put him down, it, you if you if you put him down, you could keep him down. You could continue to hack and take him completely apart. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I always the way you were saying. Why don't you just do that? Maybe they didn't think of it, but he is eventually killable. He's not going super fast or whatever have you. You just you know you have to be deliberate too and take him out. Uh, that's why he doesn't really frighten me. I'm like, why are you guys even still there? Why don't you? <laughs> Why can't you take him out? Like he's not going to stay dead, but you can knock him down for a minute and then take him and then leave. Yeah. So take him out to Applebee's for happy hour. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't. That's why he doesn't really frighten me. Mike. Mike Myers doesn't really. His uh, his scariest thing though is his eyes. I mean, so when you you know it's the the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. Looking at somebody like that, and the reason why I mean, for all intents and purposes, Michael Myers is a man in in the first one, and the, the Halloween franchise was only intended to be one film. And that's why it was so scary. It's because what's what's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, that is the boogeyman, my dear. Um, you know, looking through his eyes and when you see somebody that you meet and you just see so much like fear and and stuff behind their eyes, that's what's terrifying for me. And and it's the moments when Lori looks out a window and she sees this man in a mask staring at her by her clothesline and she turns away and then turns back and he's gone. That shit scares me because I am like, I look yeah. out my window all the time and I'm like, if I ever saw somebody staring at me, I'd be like, what the fuck? And I would try to go investigate or something and then they're gone. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. I would get in Again. my car and just start driving. <laughs> Again, I am now moving. Shit, all right. Oh my God. No, that that would scare the poop out of me. Oh, Nuking from orbit it's the only way you could be sure. Yeah. Well, since we are on the topic of fear, I know Tom kind of already said this, but are you guys scared of any inanimate objects coming to life? And could this movie have worked with any other type of toy? Um. Well, I'm not scared by inanimate objects, but I do love movies about them. Like, I love the Chucky movies. It sounds like I don't from me not believing he could kill me and not being scared of him. Still enjoy it. So I think it could have worked with really any type of toy. There's been what? Puppet Master is another Mm -hmm. movie with Mm -hmm. little puppets. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other. Oh, yeah. Annabelle, which... Just a creepy doll. There's a new one called Megan coming out, which yeah. I don't know. I'll see it, but I'll, I'll wait till it comes out on like Peacock or Hulu or something. Again, yeah. though, that it's that face. It's yeah. the face in the preview. I get it's the same. It's the same way with Chucky. I would say, yeah, my answer to this is yes. Any inanimate object uh, coming to life would be really scary. But toys, another kind of toy. Yeah, because toys are what make a child feel safe and comfortable and warm and happy and for one of those to suddenly come alive and try to kill you uh, is it, it hits us somewhere deep down in our hard hearts, right in our, right in our deep heart of darkness is where it gets us. So yes, it would work with any other toy, but there's something about that face, the innocent baby doll face that just cranks it up to 11. That makes it super spooky. So yes, it would work with another toy, but the, the doll is the, you know, the human doll that that's the best choice. Have you guys ever seen Maximum Overdrive? Yes. It's a Stephen King movie. And so basically, so yeah, the premise for anybody listening is uh, something happens, this weird electrical storm or something happens over this town and all the electronics come to life. So all the inanimate objects come to life. And we're talking like lawnmowers and hair dryers and trucks and all that. And for some reason, they start killing people. Um, I saw it when I was a kid and it terrified me. It's... It's it's a Stephen King book. It, the ACDC does the entire soundtrack, which is badass. But 
I get terrified of that of that movie. And that's like that would scare me more than a doll, in all mm. honesty, because a toothbrush doesn't have a face. But if a toothbrush like is my electric toothbrush is going crazy and wants to stab me in the mouth, I'd be like, oh, you know, instead how, of a doll. But how about that for fear? Lightning. Lightning? Because lightning okay. itself is really scary, but it's just that it's the storytelling trope that goes all the way back to yeah. Frankenstein that lightning makes things come to life, right? Lightning That's striking true. the wrong place <laughs> suddenly creates monsters and makes things come to life. You've traced that all the way back okay. to Frankenstein. So when it's a big thunderstorm out there, you wonder what else is coming next. Yeah. And then the uh, the award-winning masterpiece, uh, Jason 6, Jason Lives, that, mm-hmm. that uses lightning to... Uh, reanimate him very much like Frankenstein's monster. So very scary, very good. I love that movie. Um, okay, so I, I do feel that the brilliance of Child's Play because I, as much as I was saying I'm not scared of him, I really do like Child's Play. I think it's a, a fantastic horror film with a lot of fun, um, you know, things at play. No pun intended. But I think the brilliance of Child's Play is that it explores the idea of of the fear of people not believing you. So no one ever believes Andy. No one believes Karen. No one believes Norris. It's always something that scares me personally. Mm-hmm. So why won't anyone in this movie believe Andy? And and maybe what could he have done to, to prove it sooner? Uh, well, so I got two reasons here. He's a child and children are dumb. And no, I don't mean that aren't. in a mean way. <laughs> children are dumb as in they make stuff up all the time. Like they're just like sure. <laughs> making shit up left and right. Like they don't, they don't know any better. So when they come up with this kind of stuff, it's like, okay, whatever. And it sounds crazy. It's like if I told you guys that Ted Bundy was in a Cabbage Patch doll that I owned, you'd be like, well, Tom, we're not your friend anymore. See you later, <laughs> you goddamn weirdo. <laughs> Oh, uh yeah uh the uh one of the podcasts i listen to my brother my brother and me they have a segment on there called haunted doll watch where they read descriptions of haunted dolls uh on ebay because they are sold on ebay perfect um and it's it's a great segment because you get to hear like people making up stories about these dumb dolls that like they're not scary except for the story behind them <laughs> and yeah so it's just I'm sorry, kid. Yeah. You're you're dumb. That's uh. the, that, and that's the thing. Yeah, it, it, Tom Tom says it's right. It's because he's a kid, and parents don't believe their children ever. They just don't. Uh, it's 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 frustrating, and it makes the audience frustrated, and it makes the audience scared because we at this point know that he's telling the truth. We know he's telling the truth, but we all experienced when we were kids trying to tell our parents something, and they just don't listen. They don't believe what we're telling them. Adults don't typically listen to children very well. That's like an old, it's an old trope. It's an old, we know that already. So that's kind of scary in and of itself that I'm telling you there's a problem and you refuse to listen to me. That is frustrating and maddening. And to answer the question of what he could have done to prove it sooner, nothing. Uh, If he would have thought to throw Chucky in the fire. <laughs> sure. But then they're going to lock him up for another reason. You know what I mean? There's not a whole lot the kid could have done to prove it. Uh, at some point you can't make somebody believe something if they just refuse to, you know, so at some point they got to prove it to themselves. You got to prevent an opportunity to make them prove it to themselves. And he is a little kid is not really capable of doing that or really knowing how to do that. So no, there's nothing he could have done. So I think time and time again, too, and we see this in in various film and TV, 
I mean, for decades now, parents just don't listen to their kids and and they constantly try to tell them what to do, whether right. they be toddlers, uh, you know, preteens, teens, whatever. Parents just don't listen to their kids. And I think that's incredibly problematic because especially now as our technology and our education systems have gotten better and our, our, our learning curve is, you know, less steep, I guess, or maybe steeper, whatever way that should sway. Um, but what I'm getting at is, is I think it's important to believe in the validity of what people are saying, even if they're a child, don't discount what they're saying because you're like, oh, whatever, that's hogwash. You know, you shouldn't be thinking that. I mean, I think that's where it comes down to is, is just our ability to listen. And I think a lot of the problems in society today can be corrected because of the way people were were brought up, um, listening to how they're feeling. I mean, think about us as, as humans a lot of us think therapy is so taboo, but really it's taboo to not go to therapy at this point, which is fantastic because sometimes people just need to listen to us. Uh, as men, we were always taught, you know, as boys growing up, it's like, hey, you know, you don't talk about your feelings. Fuck that, dude. I right. talk about my feelings all the time and it is so cathartic and it's so fantastic. And so that's why I think when people don't believe me, if I'm like, Tom, you have something right behind you. Like, you have to believe me. He's holding a knife. He's wearing a Michael Myers mask. You have to believe him. If you're like, no, nah, dude, you're, you're, you're crazy. I, it, it just it drives me bananas. <laughs> or when people try to put you in a bubble, like with this, when they're like, well, we're going to evaluate Andy because he's definitely needs to go to a psychiatric hospital because he's he's having these, uh, you know, illusions of grandeur. Yeah, um, that's what's <clears throat> what's really disheartening to me and, and, and scary. And I think that's the brilliance of this. And it's it's something that I'm kind of like, oh, my goodness gracious, you know, Yeah. from from the inside the story. I, you're absolutely right about all that. I'll back you up on all of it. I just think inside the story, I get why he went to why they put him in the you know mental health institution right away is because people were dying. Like people were dying and he was the number one suspect. You don't just chuck this kid in jail, but you got to secure him. You got to sequester him away from the public that they think there's a possibility he could be harming. Right. People mm -hmm. have died. Two people have died at this point. Right. So they got to do something. They can't just do nothing. So I, I hear you, though. But yes, that, that is the frustration. And people typically, uh, I mean, maybe nowadays things are changing, but my parents didn't listen to me when I was a kid. <laughs> you know, maybe yours didn't either. But we grew up the same time young, young uh, Andy did. Uh, they just don't listen to kids. They don't care what the kids have to say. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's a bummer. It's very frustrating. I, I, but I think they did a, a great job of that. And I think that's why this movie with that, you know, him not showing up for the first 45 minutes is, is so smart. It's because who's going to believe him. And especially when we're as an audience, let's say, you know, this is all obviously pre-internet when this movie came out. If we didn't know that that doll was alive, we might've been like, holy shit, Andy was actually the killer. So it's, but along those lines of what I was trying to say, is just, I, I'm always terrified of people not believing me. And I've, I've brought it up on this show a lot, too. It's it's um, yeah, it's weird. But people think I'm crazy, even though the podcast is called Don't Be Crazy. <laughs> so you got to tell them don't be crazy. Right. Um, so I want to transition over to Brad Dourif. Uh He's been acting for a long time and has generated some amazing performances throughout his career. We would recognize his face, but mo more so, I think a lot of people recognize his voice, and it's because of Chucky. Um, I think my favorite aspect of his Chucky performance is his amazing laugh. <laughs> it's that cackle, and you guys know the one I'm talking about. I can't even replicate it. It's like... <laughs> yeah, it's it's just... Uh, Tom, you have to do one now, too. Ha, ha, ha. 
it, it might be one of the creepiest movie laughs of all time, like no hyperbole. What are your thoughts on this? Is there an element he could have added to Chucky to make him scarier? And then did you like any other signature horror villains at attribute attributes? And what I mean by that is like things like, did you like Candyman's bees a lot or Jason Voorhees? Like that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, so first off, there's three laughs that I know I recognize. And that is the Joker, of course, any of them, you, all those and then Seth Rogen. <laughs> it's just every time. Whitney hates his laugh so much she can't stand it. And I, I love having his laugh go and just look at her and see her cringe. Uh, and then Chucky, of course. Uh, when it comes to like if he could have made this scarier, I think he's hamstrung by how silly the premises for me like sure, you can't sure. make chucky scarier for me because it's just like come on uh he's doing the best with what he got um for my favorite like uh the way that freddy krueger is goofy kind of like even in like the first nightmare in elm street he's like kind of goofy I love that aspect of him because usually in like horror movies, it gets goofier as sequels go on. But he started off with like cracking jokes and like just like messing with people. And I, I love that about Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Freddy's great. And and the cool thing about Freddy Krueger. So one one is fantastic. Two is actually a, an underrated gem that a lot of people got flack on. Um, it's actually an LGBTQ movie, which you know, that was always controversy. But if you go back and look at it, it's it's incredibly gay and it's awesome. Um, so check that one out. Number two. Number three is my favorite one. It's Dream Warriors. And that one mm -hmm. just plays around with so many fun ideas and the kills are incredible. But he starts to get to his campiness. So the, the, the perfect blend of Freddy is serious, scary and uh, comedy after three he starts to get ridiculous and it's just like these aren't <laughs> yeah. funny i mean yeah then he comes back to freddy versus jason and he's scary but also funny um so that's the perfect freddy for me at least scary and funny intermingled is an interesting combination mm -hmm. and something i was playing with all month being in the haunt and being a clown and working with that <laughs> laugh that i just gave you that's my own that i developed <laughs> that i was playing with all month and it is it's creepy uh, especially when I have the makeup all done up and I got my costume on and I'm all lit up and right in your face. That's coming out of the dark, coming out of the corn, coming at you. That's a very frightening thing. People are uncomfortable with that. Uh, I yeah, the laugh is I think you're absolutely right. That is the scariest element of it because it's just evil, maniacal, unreasonable. All it hits all the buttons on that one. Uh, I don't know if you could have added anything to Chucky to make him scarier. You've already got. The contra, uh, you know, contraposition of you've got the innocent child doll's face with that evil cackle of a laughter. That's all you need. The fact that he is a brilliant, uh, uh, evil slasher villain that is stuck in this child's doll is is already enough. That is perfectly scary all on its own. And as for other signature horror, horror villain attributes, like um, I like I mentioned with Michael Myers, I do appreciate the slow methodical uh he's coming at you no matter what that's why i think zombies are more frightening like the slow zombies we talked about this on the top five podcast again boys and girls you got to go check it out on the top five podcast the top five monsters we talk about do you are you more afraid of slow zombies are you more afraid of fast zombies typically fast monsters scare the hell out of me because i'm not very fast but 
it's something about the slow, methodical plotting of those zombies and how they keep coming after you no matter what. They do not need to rest. They do not need to sleep ever. They are unthinking, unfeeling, unforgiving, and they will eventually get to you because you have to rest. You can run, but you can't hide. And there's something about that that is terrifying. So with Chucky, I don't know. I I don't think they actually got into whether or not he needed to sleep or not because it was sort of a different, sort of a different thing. It didn't. I don't. I don't know if he ever had to sleep at all. I don't know if they talked about that, or if they talk about that in any of the sequels. I mean, you, maybe you know, but anyway. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't remember if they talk about sleep. I'm, I'm pretty sure he doesn't sleep. Um, he has a penis though, apparently, because he has a kid <laughs> and like the seed of Chucky and the bride of Chucky. Yeah. But. Oh, it's weird. Um, I, I think for, for me, for certain tropes and, and attributes, I really like Jigsaw's laugh from Saw. I know that little clown thing scared the shit out of me the first time I saw it. When I saw him riding a little tricycle, I'm like, what is this? I, I don't like it because um, it's just he's so grotesque too. Uh, anytime Ghostface from Scream used the voice modulator, you know, what's your favorite scary movie? If I ever got a phone call from something like that, I would hang up immediately. I'd be like, I'm not going to play this game. And You're going to be like Frozen. Frozen was my 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 favorite scary movie. So yeah, terrified. Exactly. Oh <laughs> uh, one of my favorite movies, movies, well, just movies in general of all time is The Shining. And so Jack Torrance's uh, glare, his Jack Nicholson's eyes that he would have and just staring off. I absolutely love that. I think it's incredible. Um, the from Psycho, the one of the greatest like horror uh, soundtracks or I guess scores of all time, little things. Same thing with the Michael Myers, the do 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 do. That one is is fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think of other ones too that I really got into, but the the Chucky laugh is is pretty high up there. And if I ever heard that, I'd be pretty scared. Um, mm. Jason Voorhees, I absolutely love. And so any of his like that is, is pretty crazy. Yeah, but, there's, the sound sound has a way of doing that, though. So totally. is he making the noise or is that more of a the music background? I don't know. No, that's just a background. That's just thing. the background. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's actually saying <laughs> kill Ma. And uh, they just kind of slowed it down. And then kill, kill, kill Ma, Ma, Ma. But it's like it sounds like. Huh. Sh- 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 Ma, Ma, Ma. I didn't know that. That's, mm-hmm. that's very creepy. Yeah, from the first one, which, you know, Pamela Voorhees is the killer in the first one. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) shit. A movie that came out in 1980. Yeah. Spoiler. I've seen at least 10 times. Kevin Kevin Bacon dies. He gets a he gets a freaking arrow through the bottom of his neck and a pretty awesome death and a pretty awesome prosthetic death. Uh, which yeah. which does really well, which leads me to my next question. I want to discuss the animatronics and somewhat lack thereof. I discussed it in the trivia briefly, but the filmmakers did a great job from an effects standpoint of this implied fear. So you don't actually see Chucky do his shit until about 45 minutes in. Instead, you get this POV of someone or something committing these murders. And this is what I was touching on earlier. If we pre-internet went into this fresh with no idea of, of who Chucky was, would that change your guys' perception at all? Would you be stumped on who the killer was? And then finally, what other films did a great job of showing as little as possible when it comes to the villain? Um, so I think if it didn't have the opening scene, it would have been a better movie. Like to you should reveal all of that kind of slowly throughout the film because you have that opening scene where he does the voodoo on the doll. So right. you know the doll's killing people. Like right. it's just like there's nothing about the kid. Like the kid's not killing. You know that. 
Tom if they don't have that opening scene, it it could be, is this a little creepy kid who's killing people? Like, mm-hmm. this, I mean, they got the same shoes, so maybe. And then slowly have, like, the cop reveal the details about the opening scene. Maybe do a flashback or something. But, yeah, so I don't I think, think there was any question, really. <laughs> I think you're right. In that sense, it could have been the POV of Andy maybe he was doing it because Chucky told him to do it. Like he was doing things because Chucky told him to do it. Right. So in that case, you're as the audience with their suspended disbelief, they're thinking, well, maybe that's what, what's going on here, but we know it's the doll. Tom, you're right. I think if they had, if they had changed that up and put the doll scene towards the middle there, then maybe just, maybe it would have, it would have changed things up. If they hadn't marketed it, that this was a child, a doll that comes to life and kills people. If they hadn't marketed it that way, you wouldn't have known that's what it was. And then it would have been a big reveal at the end that maybe you suspected it, but you never, you've never quite seen anything like this before. So I think that's a really good. And as for the uh, other movie showing the villain as little as possible, Blair, Witch comes to mind. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, Sleepaway Camp, which is also an 80s movie mm-hmm. where you just see point of view of someone killing and you're like, I don't know who's actually doing this. It was the sleep that was killing him. POV yeah, shots yeah, are an interesting not tricky thing to pull off. <laughs> yeah, it's my favorite kind of porn. So, yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just so kidding. immersive. Everyone knows it's stepsister porn. So, of course. <laughs> the uh, I, I agree. And I think. So for me, um, what I was going to get at with the the, the change in perspective and the, and the fresh stuff. So I, I recently watched Barbarian on, Barbarian on HBO Max, and it was awesome. Um, I don't want to discuss any of it with you guys because it's one of those movies that I went into almost blind, knowing as little as possible. And the trailer did a very good job of just giving us as little as possible. And the movie zigs when you think it's going to zag so many times. So if child's play did that, you're right. And they just showed POV of somebody killing somebody and they show the boy and you're like, I don't know what the hell's going on. That would have been such a, a treat in, in, in the theaters to see it. Cause you're like, Holy crap. It was the doll the whole time. Uh, that's, that would have been fantastic to me. I really did like and applaud. Cause I always love practical effects. So I applaud what they did with like, you know, the actors, the children and the little people and switching the animatronics. I'm um, sure it doesn't look good now because it's a, 34 year old movie, but I applaud what they did and, and, and made it fun. I I think of movies like jaws where Mm -hmm. you don't see the shark until pretty much the end of the movie. Right. That was the implied fear when you're swimming around and you're like, Oh my God. And it pulls someone under it's the killing off screen sort of thing. You said it right there, my man implied fear. Exactly. You've implied a villain. There's something suspenseful about that. You're building the suspense. That's what spices the whole thing, man. That's the that's the meal of it, really, is that you're you don't just come right at it like some, you know, barbarian hacking and slashing. That's why I don't really like slasher movies all that much in the first place, except sometimes you can, you know, develop a little. In this particular case, they built it a little bit. Chucky doesn't show up till halfway through the movie. You know what I mean? You, you yeah. sort of you, you only then do you kind of see the, the the villain do his thing. I like it. That implied fear. Let the suspense build. Yeah, I, I agree. And well said. Yeah. And, and, you know, like the witch, the witch was really good. Uh, Robert Eggers, hereditary, same kind of thing. You don't see it. It's just until the end, you're like, holy shit. Keep raising the stakes of a game. They don't even know they're playing yet. Mm -hmm. You're raising the stakes of a game. They don't know the rules to, but they know the stakes keep getting raised. They just don't know how or why that is terrifying. 
I agree. And and one of my favorite more recently discovered, I know that's not recent discovered, but 1960s Psycho, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, mm-hmm. has the same kind of thing where it keeps you guessing. And that movie pulls the old Marion Crane and kills her off in the first third. And you're like, what the hell? They completely uh, pull the rug from under your feet. And it's, it's fantastic. Um, but that movie, too, you're like, who is killing these people? And then shock and awe, it's Norman Bates. Um, that's how you make a goddamn movie. And it is so cool. And I wish that child's play would have done that uh, a little bit better, I think, because mm-hmm. I like going into a movie being stumped. And I saw Smile recently in theaters, and that is like a control C, control V of the ring, of the grudge, whatever. It's okay. It has good visuals. I was just so like boring at the end I've of it. Movie before. Yeah. <laughs> you saw what? It's like I've seen this movie before. Yeah. Once, yeah, once you, yeah. It's the tropes. It's the same pulse, the same beats, the same outline. It's like, I've seen this. I, I know what the, I know what's going to happen. Oh, big reveal. I knew exactly what was going to happen five minutes into the movie. Cause yeah. I completely, I, yeah. Big I, reveal. I, I like when you do that in the service of subverting their expectations, but that, that is tricky. And then you could screw yourself over though, because then you could subvert their expectations and then you do a double subversion and then you do a triple subversion and then you just don't have a cohesive, co- you know, uh, film at that point. And you, you outthink yourself, you outsmart yourself. And I think a lot of times the, the, uh, the writers will give themselves too much credit for their cleverness <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and uh, they'll, uh, they'll outright themselves and they'll just, they'll, they'll think they've done, no, you just don't understand. No, you didn't create a story that, is cohesive and makes sense for the audience. So you forgot that they are a participant in the story. They're the most important participant in this story. You've got to mm. make room for them to follow along with you or you're kind of boned. Yeah. I'll never tell, I'll never tell a writer, you know, how to write something because they are, they do that for a living and I don't, but it, it doesn't mean that I, I can't have an opinion on something or I can't sure. not like it. You know, um, everyone I'll likes, pe- everyone likes pepperoni hot pockets. And I think they're the worst hot pockets. So <laughs> it's actually really funny. You bring up a good point. I mentioned, you know, the, the writing critiques there, but people always have hot takes like with game of Thrones season eight or whatever have you. And they're like, well, I wouldn't have written it as this bitch. You couldn't have written it that way. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't have written it that way. You have no idea what you're talking about. You yeah. couldn't have possibly chose that. I get, it doesn't mean you can't have an opinion though. You're right. You, you just have an opinion, but well, like, I would have done that. You would not have done that. You wouldn't even know how to put ink to paper to get started on that. Hush. Opinion. They're like buttholes. Everyone has one and they stink. No, sometimes they smell good, but oh, <laughs> this is a family show. This is go- this is getting weird. OK, uh, OK, well, We're then talking move- about dolls murdering people. Let's I know. <laughs> and speaking of dolls, uh, what was your what was your guys's favorite childhood toy? And what would you do if that favorite childhood toy came to life? Well, I had a little teeny tiny fluffy bear, a little gray bear that uh, was uh, I had since I was a baby. And I I think my mom still has it at home i think she keeps in the drawer um, yeah I, I, it's got like one eye missing because i chewed you know i like was teething and it came off and the other one's got like little teething marks from when i was teething it was my favorite little toy it always had a you know sentimental value for me even you know if that toy came to life um i god i honestly don't know what i would do i think i would do it's just a little teeny tiny thing though so if it came to life and was trying to kill me yeah, I think first of all, it probably would kill me because I wouldn't expect it <laughs> to happen. But then I'd be like, I would probably try to throw it out in the woods and then run away. That's what I would do. I'd run out to the woods, <laughs> chuck it, and then try to run back home and shut all the doors in the windows. Good and luck then, and catch up to you. And then tell my mom and then she wouldn't believe me and then it would burn the house down and we'd all die. That's mm-hmm. what would happen. 
Uh, my favorite was my uh, Megazord. Uh, oh yeah, Power Rangers. So I think I'd be screwed because it had like built-in cannons and like a built-in sword that it had, and it's like, oh shit, it already has weapons to come at me with, and that's no good. It's gonna blow me up. It doesn't even have to get close to me. Tom, it was five Dragon Zords all together, or not Dragon Zords. It was, it was five Zords all together. Well- yeah, how, how are which, you ever gonna com- uh, compete against that? It'd kill you. I mean, yeah, they they could either be the giant one, or they can separate and get me from like they can flank me. I'm 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 dead. Like there is no possible way that I'm gonna survive the Megazord attack. It's it's just not gonna happen. It could also Ugh. be the Dino Ultra Zord that I have. Right oh here god, for you, this no. giant Funko Pop. <laughs> I had to, I had to pull it aside, but yeah, it's a <laughs> Dragon Zord with everything else. This thing is expensive. God. Yeah, <laughs> I should sell that. I'm probably getting a lot of money uh, for speaking it. Of, yeah, yeah, have you tried buying Legos lately? Holy uh, crap. There's a McLaren, uh, uh, Lando Norris's McLaren that you can get for Legos. It's $200. And I was like, what? Insane. I don't want that. Legos I do want are, it, so I yeah. bought it. But I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have kids. Yeah, I yeah. can afford to spend stupid money on shit. <laughs> no kids with a Z. Uh, I, I agree with both of you on those. Um, that would be pretty terrifying. I I was really into RC cars, radio con- or remote control cars when I was a kid. And there yeah. was this one called uh, Viper. And it basically had a snake that you pressed a button on the remote and it'd pop up and you could squirt people with water. Yeah, right. it was awesome. Uh, or no, it's called Python, not Viper. I'm an idiot. Anyways, I was always terrified that the cars would come to life because... I think I saw somewhere like a re- remote control car running over somebody. Maybe it was a maximum overdrive. And then just like the wheels going back and forth over someone's smashed up face. Mm. So that would always scare me. But like if the Python lifted up and it spit at me, but it was actual like acid, that would suck. I would be, I'd be really scared of that. Yeah. Except you know that again, like with the small toy, it doesn't have enough oomph on it. doesn't have enough weight to actually hurt you. Right. Uh, I mean, Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's but, the speed factor. Yeah, maybe it would hit my Achilles. It hit my ankle, and I'd, I'd buckle over, and I'd be like, ah, and then it would just keep running over my face. Ah, my acid. Achilles. Yeah, and then acid. It's like attack. Uh, one thing too, I was just thinking about. I used to be really scared of vampires when I was a kid, and kids. I mean, Tom said it earlier, kids are stupid, but in a good way. And I was a stupid kid. I was in my bed. Uh, and, and so I, for some reason, I thought the only way to protect myself against vampires was to cover my neck, because if you cover your neck, that's like a vampire's weakness. So in my in my blankets, I'd cover my entire body and I would just have like my face uncovered. I'd pull the blankets all the way up to the top of my head and cover my neck. And that's how I slept, like just a, a cut out of my face, uh, a little glory hole for my face. And <laughs> I, I prevented those vampires from getting me. And you know what? It worked. All right. It worked. No, no vampire bites. So that must mean it works. Right. Just like yes, those ballot 100%. box guys in Arizona who are who are guarding the ballot boxes because they think that there's some sort of a mule, some sort of a voting mule that yeah. will come in there. And you know what? They think they're going to de- defend democracy and protect it because their presence is preventing it from happening. No. But if you look, there's actually no such thing as a, a mule who's going to these voter boxes. No, they're, and they're not just in Arizona. They're they're here, too. They're, yeah. they're local. They're. They're a bunch of fuckwits, bunch of yep. fuckwit cosplayers. Pay them no mind. They're a bunch of bitches. It's kind of like I want to start uh, the unicorn police. Um, so I'm going to go out to the to like the local Walmart and I'll just be unicorn, fully armed unicorn police there. And if someone tells me it's not real, I'll be like, well, I don't see any unicorn around. So it's clearly working. So they can't deny me that. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, 
disprove me. But <laughs> so uh, anyways, moving on. Sorry to go off of that, on that tangent. I just was watching the news this morning and it pissed me off. Um, <laughs> I'll finally move to this this final question, I should say. Have you guys seen any of the sequels? I think there are about seven or eight and there's a TV show two on sci-fi which is actually supposed to be pretty good i'm also including the remake in there as well with uh mark hamill who voiced chucky in that um and then with those sequels do any of them stand out to you guys uh i've seen all of them except for the reboot and the tv show um and actually uh yesterday i watched two three and four and after number four i was like i can't do it i can't move on to five and six because i was just like kind of like with uh nightmare on elm street after three it gets real goofy and it's just like come on guys you you had something here uh i would say three is actually my favorite when uh the original character is in military like like a military school right it's a good one that was uh, terrible, Tom. I, was I, I, don't, I don't know. I like it. I, I watched it and I was like, this is the one I like. This is good. Oh, my goodness, Tom. Uh, the only thing, the only thing I, and from all the sequels, that is one thing that actually stood out to me and scared me was at the military school where they had like the exercise where I don't know what they were like. Uh, it was a um, shooting blanks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he replaced yeah. the blanks with live ammo. That was scary. Yeah. Yeah. That's... It was like it was like a, a mock paintball war yeah. where you have to do tactics. And yeah, one group comes on another. And... <clears throat> so when I was in when I was in AIT, we did that. We had blanks, but it was like um, it was like a laser tag, basically. But what it was was you had like a, uh, a laser tag gear on your chest and on your helmet and whatever have you. And then you actually use your M16 with a uh, special laser adapter on the end and you fired blanks. You actually took M16 ammo wow. <laughs> with blanks and you fire and you're shooting at people uh, and they're like, you know. And that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Uh, that's a fun way to play laser tag. Let me tell you. Uh, but when that happened, that was like maybe five or six years after the movie came out, seven years after the movie came out. So that was definitely in my mind. That scene definitely played a role in my psyche. So yeah, that's terrifying. Interesting. So I actually haven't seen curse or cult of Chucky, um, but I hear that actually they're, they're great. I really like child's play too. Um, they they upped the game with the animatronics, with the budget, with the story. They're, it's filmed in this kind of cool. They use a wide angle lens for certain things and a lot of different like low angles to make Chucky look more menacing and big. But also, again, like the technology with his animatronics is better, so his emotions on his face um, and and things he says are are creepier. And it it still uses Andy in it, um, a, a young Andy because he's a kid. The military one I don't like because he's like a teenager. It's just whatever. But that part is scary with when he switches to the live rounds. I don't I, I don't like it. Um, but the, the second one is pretty gory, like especially when they go to the factory and he gets his hand ripped off and all these things. Mm. It's it's a gnarly ass. Uh, movie but bride of chucky is bad seed of chucky is terrible um it's terrible yeah but i yeah i i um i i think they're fun i i I like the ideas i love chucky's jokes and everything even the remake i actually didn't mind too much um i don't know if you guys saw it or not but it was a completely different path chucky was actually like a good doll but then he started taking things a little too literal and they were called buddy dolls he just um, he kind of went off his yeah he went haywire his AI went haywire I guess and so he had the personality of the killer. 
So, but yeah, it was, it was cool. Well, that is actually all I have for questions. So I appreciate that. So here's what I want to do now. We are going to discuss our hottest takes. So I want you guys to choose one each, but your most controversial take on this movie, on movies from this genre, on actors from this, on doll horror movies, on whatever you want and be your hottest take, but you have to defend it. So Eric, let me let me hear your first hottest take. I don't know if this is a super controversial take or not. I don't know, but it might it maybe only among like writers would they really think this is controversial. But I loved that they didn't do a whole lot of exposition with this movie. I loved how it was just they trusted the audience enough that there was there was lightning, there was voodoo, boom. Of course you have a doll that came to life. Of course you do. They didn't explain a whole lot. Like they went back. He went back to the dude who taught him how to do it. And he had a voodoo doll. Right. And, you know, he was able to kill the guy with that. I think sometimes with the exposition, again, you reveal too much. Uh, You overdo it with the exposition. You got to be really careful with that. And that's why I like Tom's suggestion of sticking the doll scene in the middle as it comes to life. Right. That, 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 That sticking it in the middle to build that suspense. Uh, and then maybe afterward, immediately following that scene is where he confronts the guy who taught him how to do this. Maybe something like that. But I like that they trusted the audience to just say this. Like Tom said, this is kind of a silly premise. It's sort of silly. You suspend your disbelief, like you said, Zach, and it's part of this whole magical realism. We know this isn't true. We know it can't be true. So why are you spending a whole bunch of time trying to make people believe that this could be true? You know, mm-hmm. I like that they kept the exposition minimal. And just let people get to the story and get back into the suspense of it all. That was the point of the movie to build suspense, to make them fear things, to make them uncomfortable and to make them afraid. And and that uh, from something that is supposed to be innocent, like a child's doll. So I like that they kept the exposition to just a bare, bare freaking bones minimum and didn't try to explain anything. Context is for amateurs. I love it. (laughs) So that is probably my hottest take on that. Context is for amateurs. There's something to be said too about that. You're right. I love when movies, you know, show don't tell. And I I get tired of a lot of exposition. So it's, it's, I'm with you on it. I can get behind it for sure. But there are moments too when I'm like, wait, what? Like I I, I need, I need a little more backstory on this. But I think, go ahead. In this particular case, this movie was about 90 minutes, right? Right about 90 minutes, somewhere in that. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. If, if they had moved it up to, say, an hour 45 and given like 15 minutes exposition, would that have made the movie better, Zach? No. If I, I, I don't think so. Um, you, you sprinkle in exposition. You, you don't have an exposition dump or a narrative dump because I think filmmakers need to treat the audience as smart. And I like when a filmmaker can treat an audience smart, i.e. Jordan Peele. But then you also run into people who just don't understand their movies. And I'm like, well, maybe you probably shouldn't watch this movie because you obviously can't grasp it. But I love when a director treats me like an intelligent person and I'm like, holy shit. And I formulate my own ideas behind it. So yeah, I don't need that extra 15 minutes of exposition. Right. I think, yeah. Trust the audience. They 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 they're, they're willing participants in the story. They bought the ticket. They know what they're getting into. They know it's a movie. Like, trust the audience. Let them. <clears throat> and I also think a tight ninety minutes yeah. for the horror genre, probably good. I don't think a long drawn out thing is really what you want. I think you want to kind of more is more this thing in this genre. More is more. Yeah. Agreed. So. 
there's room for subtlety, but more is more. But 90 minutes, keep it tight window. That I think that's that's the right fit. So that's my hottest take. Cool. Thomas? My hot take is I don't understand why this movie gets a pass and it's considered a classic horror movie. But movies like Jack Frost or Ginger Dead Man <laughs> or Puppet Master are all like deemed as not even B movies, but like D movies. Like they're just absurd. Like this is just as absurd of a concept. A, a doll coming to life because a serial killer is a voodoo master or whatever. <laughs> with, or like, you know, Jack Frost, he gets, you know, hit with like, I don't know, some waste of some kind and he gets formed into a... a a uh, snowman that kills people like those are equally ridiculous things in my mind that i don't understand why those are considered like the worst movies ever and this isn't because i mean this this wasn't like an a plus movie it was like a okay killer doll neat <laughs> So, I, I yeah. think, but I think a lot of it too comes down to how it was uh, distributed. Um, I, I think yeah. Jack Frost was a literally the production company was Frostbite Films Limited. I mean, come on, <laughs> they're big already, company. <laughs> yeah, their skin is already in the game, and so uh, it wasn't one of the, one that went into theaters. And, and Child's Play did. Child's Play had MGM behind it, and it was it was a good script. It was penned by it. I, I get what you mean. The idea and 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 the beauty of these smaller films can make them classics. But this is all before the advent of of streaming services. And so streaming services have done wonders for lower budget horror films to make them more of cult classic movies like Terrifier. Right. That's a, a big oh, yeah. one that people love. The VHS movies, too. I never saw them in theaters, but I discovered them. And holy shit. And now Shudder makes them exclusive, basically. And they're freaking awesome. So so streaming services have done wonders. But. Child's Play is definitely a cult, or is a, definitely a horse slasher classic because of Chucky. Chucky is one of those villains that he's he's foul mouthed, he's tells jokes, he's scary, he's funny, he's everything, and I think he's a fantastic horror villain in my opinion. Even though he doesn't scare the shit out of me, I think he's a fantastic horror villain. Agreed. <laughs> but I agree, Tom. There are certain times when it's like this is. Puppet Master should have gotten a little more acclaim and other other stuff, too. Uh, so I could I could see why. But also, I think it boils down to you just you're just not scared of Chucky. So <laughs> That's true. But I am scared of gingerbread men. So, oh boy. <laughs> so you don't eat those during the holidays? No, they might eat me back. Mm. Uh, amazing. I like it. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't have a hottest take on this one. I couldn't think of anything really, but I just since you guys had him, I was like, perfect. Okay, well, so what are your guys' final thoughts and letter grade for this movie? How about Tom? Uh, mine's somewhere between a C plus and a B minus, like somewhere in that range. I was just, during those 43 minutes before Chucky actually speaks, uh, I was a little bored. Um, I just want more Chucky is really what I want because that's what I came here for. It's It's just better when Chucky is doing his Chucky thing. Uh, so it would have been better if it got to Chucky maybe 15 minutes earlier instead of, you know, all that gap where it's like, is it the little kid? No, it's not the little kid. Let's get the doll talking. Come on. Oh, see, but I think it would have been a vastly. I mean, I think that was a smart aspect of this film. And I talked about that, too. So interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't think so. <laughs> I actually give it, uh, I give it an A. I give it an A, wow. a solid A, all the way up to an A. 
I like, like I said, I like that they didn't blow it away with exposition. Like, no, guys, really, this is why voodoo is real. <laughs> like, no, come on. <laughs> like, this is why ancient knowledge and blah, blah, blah. No, come on. They, it's a silly theme. It's a silly premise. But it, they they hit it just right. I think they 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 contrapose the, 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 uh, uh, the innocence of a doll and the evil, sinister nature of a monster serial killer slasher dude who's just a brilliant genius at murder i think that's just a beautiful combination and it was obviously hugely effective because look at we're talking about it 30 years later right so obviously it was it was it worked out great i give it a solid a it set up a whole franchise and it was nothing quite like it before and the only things like it since they've all just like well that's just a chucky ripoff like megan you know what i mean so i i give it a solid a no a minus i'm not no you know no no notes just a solid a Nice. I like it. I can get down with that. Uh, I'm kind of in between both of you. So I'm a B plus for this one. I just think Chucky's an iconic horror villain. This one is not my favorite child's wave movie. I said the second one is I just really love that one for some reason. But uh, I, I appreciate everything it did and, and what it was working with. I didn't like the single apartment as ba- basically the only location and then Southside Chicago for some of it. I think the the second one is just top notch for me. So that's what I get. So B plus. Um, okay, real quick then. Uh, any movies you guys are excited for or what we should be watching now? Uh, let's see. Uh, Wakanda Forever. I'm going to be going to see that. I already have tickets. Oh, look um, at you. The Patient with Steve Carell and Dom Hall Gleason on, uh, I don't know what network it's on. It's on Hulu. Hulu. I know that. Yeah. It might be a Hulu. Okay. Uh, but the finale just happened. So you can watch the whole thing. It's great. And uh I also watched Barbarian last night and oh, it's so good. It, it, it was all over the place. And oh, I was just like, so what good. is going on? I love uh, it. So those are mine. <laughs> yeah. I got some Netflix ones coming up. Uh, all quiet on the Western front is coming yeah, along. That, that is uh, great. That is based on the actual experiences of a world war one veteran. So it's going to be horrifying. It's going to be real. It's going to be visceral. World war one is terrifying as a subject. The world changed. World War One changed the world. So if you don't know the history on that, watch that. Uh, next one is Enola Holmes 2, <laughs> which is oh, like yeah. the sister of Sherlock. <laughs> it's got, uh, but it's got Helena Bonham Carter. It's got Millie Bobby Brown. It's got Henry Cavill. It's got David Thewlis. The The cast is insane. So it just seems a little campy, but fun. I, I really want to see that. And then The Wonder is coming up in December. And that's uh, in the Irish Midlands in 1862. There's this young girl who just stops eating, but she remains alive. And she says that she's surviving on manna from heaven. And there's uh, could be more ominous things at work. And there's a big investigation. So it's a little bit of a suspense, a little bit of a thriller, a little bit of a a little bit of a I I think it could be room for anything in here. They call it a drama. So I don't I don't really know what is what's going to come of it, but. There's something about the setting and the casting that's just interesting to me. So The Wonder uh, in select theaters in in November will be available uh, on Netflix in December. So I'm looking forward to that movie. Excellent. So my final recommendations for uh, Spooktober, because we're winding down, only a few more days left. Uh, I recently discovered all the VHS movies, and they are phenomenal. I loved them. Some are misses. Some are just home runs. But the good majority of them are like doubles or triples, baseball terms. But uh, VHS 1, 2... Viral's not good. VHS 94 and 99 are all great. 99 is and 94 are available on Shutter, and 99 is so cool. And I want to talk about it with somebody. It's just uh, the final segment is rad. I loved it with with all my heart. Um, so those are great. If you have a chance, mm. check out VHS. 
if I if I may add one more, that's in select theories, December twenty third, mm-hmm. uh, on Netflix, January sixth. The pale blue eye. Have you seen the trailer for this? I have not. It's got Christian Bale in it and a bunch of other folks you recognize as well. It it is a film is a gothic thriller that revolves around a series of fictional murders that took place in eighteen thirty at the United States Military Academy West Point, and surrounds a young cadet the world would come to know as Edgar Allan Poe. Ooh. That sounds Pale good. Blue eye, so you know this is going to be a thriller. Cool. Yes, I like it. So yes, yes, it is based on a best-selling novel of the same name. So, uh, yeah, comes out December twenty-third. There's something about horror movies that come out right around Christmas that's just a little strange to me. Like Jack but, Frost. Yeah, a little, yeah, <laughs> a little different. A little different. Like but. Santa slays. <laughs> some people go to on Christmas Day. Some people go to the theater to see horror movies. That's like a thing some people do. I don't get it but okay i saw django yeah. unchained on christmas when it came out it was awesome i was like fuck yeah this is great Django Unchained is a good movie <laughs> so good uh guys where can we find you on the social medias tom uh at tom top five that's tom with an h so that's where you can find me and i'm on the twitter box at snack burglar mm, I, I want some snacks i like snacks oh, you can't have mine and if you have any i'll burgle them they're mine. They're mine. <laughs> it's your picnic basket. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. It was a ton of fun, as always. Uh, love you guys. Love recording with you. And uh, we'll have more of these to come. We can do uh, The Pale Blue Eye. No, that could be good. We can do tons of Edgar Allan Poe movies. All of his best ones. Quote the Raven Nevermore. So, thank you for listening to the Don't Be Crazy podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter at DBCrazyPod. And at ZachDale60, where you can share your thoughts, you can give us film suggestions, you can tell us if we are crazy, or you can just send me funny memes. Make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Additionally, we are also available on every other major podcast app. Thank you for listening, and until next time, don't be crazy. You guys can say bye if you want. Oh, well, bye. bye. I want to say bye. Bye, guys. (laughs) 